0: You are listening to Kubernetes Bytes, a podcast bringing you the latest from the world of cloud native data management. My name is Ryan Wallner, and I'm joined by Bob and Shaw coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. We'll be sharing our thoughts on recent cloud native news and talking to industry experts about their experiences and challenges managing the wealth of data in today's cloud native ecosystem.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. We're coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts, Today is February 16th, 2022. I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Let's dive into it. Bavin, how are you? What have you been up to?
2: I'm doing good. I'm just uh, surprised with this New England weather. Like last Saturday, we had 60, I think or 55. And I was so happy I was out there on a walk. Uh, and then on Sunday, it was snowing. So I'm still trying to figure this out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I came into work and explained that I was in my t shirt on Saturday. And then I mm-hmm. woke up Monday to Ten inches of snow, which Boston didn't even give it that much. You drove, yeah. you drive forty minutes out towards me, and we had ten to twelve in some places. Oh wow! Okay. The forecast said less than one when I looked <laughs> Sunday night. Sunday night at midnight, I was up, and I said, "All right, there's nothing going on here." And then poof, I woke up, and that's ten. So that is a New England, uh, mm-hmm. you know, weekend if there ever is one. I think uh, Andy on our team said that's the most New England thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> about being outside in 60 and then 10 inches of snow and school wasn't even canceled for 10, 10 inches of mm-hmm. snow so that is what it is so <laughs> i was um i had some family up this past weekend which is really nice i you know we've been seeing a lot more family uh now that things are becoming a little more normal although it seems like everyone and their brother uh, or sister is, you know, getting COVID here and there and most people are mm-hmm. fine. It's, I'm, I'm looking forward to some normalcy and I know we've been talking about KubeCon a lot um, and I am really, really hopeful for, you know, KubeCon Spain, EU to be as normal as it can be. How about you?
2: Same here. Like, I don't know. Now, uh every time I'm wearing a mask and going outside, I was like, we should at least get rid of masks outside. I'm okay wearing it <laughs> indoors and like while I fly, but... Outdoors, maybe eh, time to, to time to call it off, but probably. that's not my decision to make. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's probably a per like you know personal matter at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in crowded spaces, I you know it's it's the the world is forever changed, and you know I doubt people listening want to hear about COVID though. So let's dive yeah. into uh, our guest today. We do have a guest <laughs> today. Um, actually, I'll, we'll introduce him, and then we'll do so, a little bit of news beneath podolopathy. I'm probably. Uh, I think that's the best I I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Is a software developer from uh, Timescale, and he's a developer by profession. He's a Kubernetes contributor, and he loves to work on cutting-edge cloud-native technologies. Um, He's really interested in distributed, and resilient, and high availability systems, which you'll hear a lot about today. Um, And he's a maintainer for one of the projects we'll talk about, which is Open Telemetry Operator. So, uh, before we get him on the show, let's
1: talk about a little bit of the news. What do you have for us, Bobin? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: Yeah,
2: I had two things that I wanted to highlight. One of those comes from our employer, Portworks or Pure Storage. Uh, last week, we announced uh, PX Backup, which is our data protection tool, uh, as a service. So a hosted service for customers that are running on Amazon EKS and they just want a control plane where they can connect their clusters and create those backup jobs and perform those backup and restore operations. So making things easier. Right now, it is in early access, so we'll Uh, will share a link to the registration page if you want to register and get your hands on the early access bits, but uh, that's one. And then uh, another vendor in the ecosystem, NetApp NetApp Astra, had a bunch of uh, announcements as well. A key thing that stood out to me was uh, their expanded support for the backend storage. So instead of just supporting NetApp, uh, Google Cloud Volumes or NetApp Azure Files, now they can also support Google Cloud Persistent Discs or Azure disk storage as the backend storage for your applications that are running on those respective kubernetes services and use astra control service to protect those again they had additional announcements around uh their on-prem support their launch with red Hat around the op- uh, in operator hub we'll link to all of those in a, a summary blog in in the show notes but yeah those were the two things that I wanted to talk about
0: Great. Well, the one that I wrote down here, which was all about awards, which is always fun mm-hmm. uh, to see what the industry is up to. This is TechTarget Storage Magazine and SearchStorage.com announcement, uh, the storage products of the year for 2021. Uh, there's a number of different uh, winners in here because they categorize them. So there's backup and disaster recovery, hardware, software services, which uh, Veeam and mm-hmm. and Druva are all in. Then there's uh, uh, disk and disk subsystems and cloud storage. Cloud Storage has Minio and Cetera. Um, uh, the disk subsystem has Invitad and Dell. Um, and then you have Uh, storage system and and application software, which uh, Portworx is actually in there along with Pavilion and Comprise Intelligent Data Management. So really cool stuff. I always like to see that. We'll we'll link in there. Um, I know a lot of those folks probably, you know, submitted last year at some point Mm -hmm. and and they're all waking up to see if they uh, want anything fun. So, yeah. I think let's dive in to today's topic, which is all about uh, open telemetry, timescale DB, uh, prom scale, and um, metrics, traces, and logs. Lots to cover here. So let's get
1: uh, Venith on the show.
2: Hey need welcome to the show. Welcome to Kubernetes Bytes Podcast. Uh so as a first question, we want all of our guests to introduce themselves and talk about what they do on a on a daily basis. Uh so go ahead and introduce yourself.
3: Yeah, uh hi Baven and Ryan. So happy to be here and it's a pleasure to be part of Kubernetes Bytes podcast. And uh let me introduce myself, so uh, my name is Vinit Potlaparthi, I'm uh, working as a product manager at Timescale uh, in the Observability Applications team. So I've been working as a software engineer from last uh, four to five years, and uh, it's been a couple of months I've been working on the product management side of the house, and uh, uh, I officially transitioned into the product manager uh, recently and uh, it's been it's been an amazing journey for me at timescale and working on observability as a product manager so yeah that's my work and uh, i primarily work on the projects from scale and tops Mm-hmm. which we'll be discussing today in the podcast. And other than that, uh, uh, previously, I've uh, worked with uh, Aqua Security, a cloud-native security provider. So I worked previously uh, with it. And I was, I'm was i also an upstream open telemetry operator maintainer. Uh, and I actively involve in the upstream projects. Like I worked in Kubernetes upstream releases from 116 to 118. And I also led... Uh, uh, 118 uh, docs team uh, for, for uh, during the release and I also contributed for Cortex and open policy agent uh, mm-hmm. as an CNCF mentee and I have done my Google Summer of Code during the college uh, with the Zelandos Postgres operator to build mm-hmm. a CLI mm-hmm. to uh, make the uh, management of the operator and the database instances uh, easier. So this has been my work in the community overall and uh, I am actively involved with open telemetry uh, at this point in time so yeah that's me Nice Right. That's Very a long list of projects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Bobin and I have both used Zalando
0: uh, Postgres operator in some of the demos. At least I think we have. I know I have. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of our colleagues is working on it right now, so a uh, small world there. Uh, I, I know we're going to ask a little bit about uh, some other topics, such as what is observability and, and metrics, things like that. But for my own sake, you know, where does TimescaleDB fit into the CNCF landscape and or Kubernetes landscape? I'm just curious.
3: Yep, yep. Uh, so when you when you think about time scale and everything, so like I'll just share my experience of how, how I was fascinated with the product, what time scale is building. So when I was in the CNCF space and the time scale product was, uh, uh, many in the CNCF space were uh, uh, not uh, uh, completely understanding what time scale was. But if you think uh, deeper into what time scale has to offer, so it's the time series database. And uh, in the recent times, all the data we see to plug to power your dashboards your business data your metrics your observability data your crypto uh, your nft like everywhere you see there is a time series data and you want to uh, store them and this when you say time series data it, this this data will scale uh, uh, might be coming per second base, per millisecond base, or for uh, once in five seconds, which means over a day, over a week, over a month, over a year, it would scale up to millions, billions of data points. And if you try to store them in a database, uh, the database uh, should basically crawl across this data points to uh, visualize and make insights of them. So that's how that's what exactly the superpowers of uh, time scale uh, come into the picture and come into the cloud native ecosystem. Uh, so uh, we uh, the Timescale DB uh, is an open source uh, and uh, it's TSL licensed from the Timescale uh, so you can uh, directly use the Timescale and coming to the cloud native picture so it just works as any other database on your Kubernetes cluster so we offer the Helm chart and uh, I would say um, in the cloud native ecosystem uh, with the increasing in microservices architecture and the way you design your application so you want to have a global singular uh, single store for all your time series data and this is mm-hmm. when I see time scale fits in the into the picture where all of your multiple microservices will be writing reading all this time series data to a single store and uh, and it's uh, and it's petabyte scale like what we offer today in time scale and it's reliable with the rock solid foundation of postgres mm-hmm. so yeah that's how it fits into the uh, cloud native a- ecosystem as the time scale db or the time scale as a product but coming to the other side the prom scale so again it's an Extinction. It's an extension of time scale into the observability world. I would say when you say prom scale, so time scale fits into uh, the CNCF space, uh, generic generally as a database, and also uh, for the observability use cases.
2: Okay, Vinay. My next question for you, I think, like I, for me, I need to set some baseline. Uh, I want to like understand what is observability. How is it different from just plain old monitoring? Uh, what are the different categories under observability? So. Yeah, if you can, if you can talk about that, that would be great
3: yeah definitely so that's an interesting point to start from and uh, yeah uh, definitely you need to uh, hear all my answer because it's a big question but yeah let's get started (laughs) on this so yeah observability basically comes from the control theory on how systems work and how does things work but observability by definition stands for is the ability to infer internal states of the system based on the system's external outputs so by the definition itself you want to capture the internal state of the system by emitting the external output from the system. So, uh, from the observability, why it has become more required or demanded uh, demanded, uh, uh, tool suit for your applications or the systems today is that uh, uh, in the world of cloud-native ecosystem, you are basically building, uh, you are moving from monoliths to microservices, which means you'll be scaling your applications uh, from uh, tens, hundreds to thousands, even if you're at the scale of a high uh, scale so if you have uh, so many microservices you want to understand how is each and every service is performing what's the throughput what's the latency between the services and how mm-hmm. is the request life cycle is pro- uh, uh, following so for example if you just uh, book an uber cab uh, the request might jump into 10 to 20 different services uh, with just one click. So you want to understand where is exactly the latency is being added for your request. So uh, the observability, if you think in the application's point of view, so there is there are different ways of capturing it because at a point you just want to know some... Uh, uh, like how many how many processes or threads are running at a given point in time, and what's the metadata of a transaction you want to look at? So what is the service performing exactly at this point in time? And at, uh, in some cases, you want to follow the complete request lifecycle. How does it flow across the services? And how is it different uh, if uh, X user is trying out this transaction versus a why user is trying out this transaction. So observability uh, itself is into multiple uh, has its multiple uh, ways of looking at it. So they say the observability has three main pillars, which is metrics, logs, and traces. So uh, I'll just uh, give an intro for uh, metrics, logs, and traces. So uh, the first comes the metrics. So usually this is the pattern I keep seeing. So uh, uh, people usually start with logs, so not the metrics first. Usually you create a MVP and you start logging what an action is being performed in each and every function saying that, hey, this is a warning log, this is an error log, and this is action performed at this point, at this uh, uh, logic uh, business logic flow. Uh, okay, I've done this uh, action. So that's how you get the observability by logs uh, to basically understand uh, what is the series of events that a specific service is performing. So that's the uh, uh, step zero for your observability. And uh, usually people start from logs, and then you uh, pivot to metrics. So metrics is something that you want to understand that uh, um, how, man- how many how many Uh, elements have been cached. So this is just an example. So how many cache Mm -hmm. misses were happening uh, in your business logic or how many uh, 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 transactions have you processed uh, since uh, the application startup? So you want to understand uh, uh, basically with metrics, you you want to capture a value of the internal state of the system. So with logs, you are basically emitting the events, but with uh, metrics, you are basically capturing the state Uh, How many go routines are running at a given point in time? How much time is my GC duration seconds is taking to process? So it's basically, uh, if you think as a log, you can think a log will will usually have a structure as timestamp and uh, a log line with all the metadata. And then you will also have something like uh, for filtering, is it an info or a warning or an error? so there is uh, levels in terms of logging you do and then a metadata log line with label set and all the data you want to uh, uh, share uh, while debugging uh, the service so that's a log and when you come to a metric you can think it as a timestamp and tags basically the metric name and the metadata of the job name and the cluster uh, it is running in and the pod name container name and a float value so basically uh, this value represents the exact state or the value you want to capture from the system so these are logs metrics and uh, the last part is traces which is the most interesting part and the uh, the observability data uh, data type uh, which we are actively working on and even in the cncf space you see uh, that's the uh, next big thing i would say in observability with open telemetry but coming to a trace uh, trace is an observability uh, data point where you want to uh, uh, capture the complete request lifecycle. So, for example, you are uh, you are an e-commerce site and you want to order a book. So, you will just log in into your site. Uh, uh, then, uh, this uh, whenever you log in, it's ba- it's basically a request lifecycle. So, one when, when once you click on a login, so basically there will be a database which will authenticate with the user credentials you have provided, and then uh, there will be a database which gets. Uh, where the details you have provided gets validated and it just uh, sends back the acknowledgement that uh, uh, yes it's confirmed and then you log in and as soon as you log in the advertisements and all your suggested items gets processed so there are a bunch of microservices involved in performing this action so mm-hmm. a trace basically denotes the complete complete request life cycle happened on a, a specific action so uh, you can think as a trace as uh, uh, as a list of spans basically. So uh, there will be a parent span and the children span. So span is nothing but an atomic uh, action or an event which is being performed uh, across this microservices. So uh, let's say you click on the login button. So first thing it does is that uh, it validates is this a valid email. So it, if if the first action it does is that. So that's a specific action it's it's doing, and all the spans are basically. Uh, uh, captured the way you instrument your application so in your application code uh, in the in uh, in the parts you are interested and in, you want to say that this is a specific action you basically do in your code uh, span dot start and span dot end so basically whenever this action happens uh it basically creates uh creates an end span so how many ever requests flow across this uh, business logic? Uh, the spans will be created uh, from those many actions, and they'll be attached to a trace where the actual request was initiated. So, <laughs> yeah, so this might be a bit confusing to explain orally without any uh, visual representations. But this is what <laughs> uh, uh, logs, metrics, and traces in the high level. Yeah. So, for uh,
2: for a developer, this might be making more sense, like if uh, they are making these changes in their code. But then uh, if I want to collect all of these right logs, metrics and traces, how do I do that if I have an application already running? Can I retrofit an application or this needs uh, changes to the code? Can I use sidecar containers to my existing pods and, and collect all of this information? Or how does that work?
3: So yeah, this is an interesting way of looking at observability, the days, zero problem. How do you adopt observability into your applications? Uh, So the first thing is that uh, logging uh, definitely uses log what they want to log from their application. So uh, basically you use some uh, open source uh, logging packages where you use logger or there are multiple packages. So you just uh, uh, they help them. uh, They help you basically to wrap the logs or to make them even more structured for your use cases. So uh, you just uh, instrument your applications with logging, saying that hey, uh, do log dot warning at this case, log dot errors. So all uh, pretty much all the uh, uh, observability data type needs instrumentation. Uh, if you want to get the ideal way of uh, uh, visibility into your applications, uh, so uh, with logs you need to instrument it, and with metrics, uh, so there will be uh, I'll be. Uh, uh, touching the most popular cloud native uh, project prometheus uh, which is a, a systems monitoring and alerting uh, tool so which helps mm-hmm. you to uh, perform cap uh, like basically it helps you to capture metrics from your application so even in this use case you need to use the prometheus client libraries to instrument your application so it's i, w- I would say uh, instrumenting for logging and tracing is like you are you are less than ten lines of code, so you just initiate. Uh, uh, it's basically a constructor saying that hey, you are in- initiating that. Hey, I'm creating a logger. I'm create. I'm creating a metrics. Uh, you do basically init Prometheus, and then you start capturing a counter, gauge, histogram, or a summary. So there are different metric types. What you based on your use case, you'll be capturing those metric. So for example, let's say. Uh, uh, now, I'm basically my business logic is involved in caching some elements. Basically, whatever the queries I've uh, executed so far. So, I want to cache it for the last 30 minutes. So, I want to understand how many uh, elements are in era, uh, 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 the list of items being cached. So, what I will do is I'll just create a, a counter there saying that whenever you cache something, just increase the counter. So as an application developer or as an SRE engineer to understand what's the cache being occupied this application. So I'll just view that metric. Okay, what's the uh, uh, a, uh, total caches when uh, queries are executed? So it just gives me the internal state of the system. Uh, how many requests have been cached and how many uh, new requests which are going to the application are not from the cache list, which means this means it creates a cache miss because you don't have those elements cached. So for this also, like as I told, it's all about instrumenting with few lines of code for metrics and once you instrument it and you configure your Prometheus saying that, hey, this is the scrape config, this is the endpoint, and Prometheus will start scraping your application saying that, hey, just give me the metrics you want to expose. And then Prometheus will start storing them. And with PromQL, uh, the metrics query language offered by Prometheus, you will just uh, query this metrics to make sense of your system, like how is it performing at a given point in time. And this also helps you to build dashboards using PromQL, uh, like uh, pie charts, bar diagrams, and all time series graphs, uh, whatever the visualization makes sense and appropriate for your uh, data. So with logs, it's just few lines, and even with metrics, it's few lines. And with traces, it's comparatively a bit, a bit uh, 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 larger code changes because when when it comes to tracing, basically, you need to instrument across uh, your microservices, which means you need to pass the uh, headers uh, to connect between the spans. Like okay, this is the parent span, and this is the trace ID where the trace is coming from. Uh, so. Here, basically, what you will do is uh, let's think uh, 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 you're performing a calculation. So whenever Mm -hmm. input comes in and you want to perform an addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division based on the uh, operators you see in the equation passed to you so basically whenever a request comes to the uh, service that hey you perform this action and we just think that uh, this calculation is architected in a way that a a specific uh, microservice performs addition and other service performs subtraction and other service multiplication and so forth so here uh, the front-end service basically takes the calculation request and passes it over to the different applications uh, based on the action it needs to perform it breaks the equation okay this is the multiplication I need to get it done, this is the subtraction and this is the addition. So whenever uh, this happens, so the trace will be uh, initiated on the front end service and each action offloaded to a different service is nothing but a span. So once the request, uh, all this uh, uh, request is successfully performed and the answer is uh, uh, served back to the user. So it's basically creating spans from this different microservices. And in this calculation, you can understand that, hey, The total request, uh, uh, total time taken by this process is 20 seconds. And, uh, and 18 seconds of the time is processed in the multiplication service, which means uh, it's, it is the bottleneck for my uh, job, what I'm trying to achieve here. So the rest of the services are performing in two seconds, but a specific service is adding that latency of 18 seconds. So this is where uh, this helps you to understand the, uh, understand the high-level overview of how does the request lifecycle flow, flow from uh, through these different applications and uh, what what exactly is the service doing and when so uh, let's say a multiplication <laughs> service might be uh or being a bottleneck only when you give uh, numbers higher than 1000 or some bigger numbers so usually if you give lesser numbers it might be performing re- really well but the bigger the number is uh, the slow uh, the slow the service might be so you want to understand when exactly this is being happening. So it's just not about uh, start time and end time and saying that, hey, this is the time it's consumed, but it's more about uh, capturing the metadata. Hey, this is the client ID, and this is the operation I was trying to uh, perform. And uh, this is like whatever the uh, data you want to capture during that process. So during instrumentation, uh, you basically do this in tracing. So coming back to your question, so uh, the, uh, the way you start is you basically instrument your services this way or there mm-hmm. are some open source uh, uh, solutions which also offer you some auto-instrumentation for traces. Basically, Open Telemetry does that. So if you have a Java application, it basically uh, tries to extract some traces from your Java runtime. So uh, it basically does that, but these are more like in high-level traces, so it doesn't go deep into your business logic. They just give you in the high level like what was the overall execution during the runtime was.
0: Think there's no special sauce that just makes you uh, automatically start getting tracing or uh, metrics just automatically. So uh, you mentioned Open Telemetry. Are there other tools in the uh, sort of CNCF or Kubernetes landscape that someone can start using? Ultimately, Timescale DB is the resting place for all this data, but there's a lot. There's a lot of framework that goes into it, and and possibly like you just talked about some changes to your application that get metrics there. So what are some of the tools out there that that folks can use.
3: Yeah, no yeah. So in CNCF today, so just going back to the context of open telemetry. So open telemetry was formed as a project uh, uh, in 2019. So you can think the project is just 2 to 3 years old and uh, during the November San Diego cubicon so open telemetry was basically formed as a merger between two projects. One is uh, the open tracing and the open census from Google. So open census is the uh, internal way of instrumenting in Google, uh, both metrics and traces. So this was a bit confusing for the users in the ecosystem that, hey, which standard should I follow? Open tracing comes with its own standards and open comes with its own standard. Then CNCF was like, no, we are not doing this. Just let's get best on both worlds and let's design a new standard, and which is open telemetry. So uh, this, this was the past of how tracing, especially in cloud native ecosystem worked. So these are, uh, uh, are currently uh, like end of like declared end of life, so you can just use them, but you will not get any support for this project. But OpenTelemetry is being the active uh, is in the active development, and uh, you might not know this inside that uh, in CNCF. Uh, uh, after Kubernetes open telemetry is the second active project in the cloud native landscape. So you can think that how many projects, how many oh, wow. That's <laughs> and uh, integrations have been done to open telemetry. So this, this is the project. And there is another project called eager in the CNCF, which is also graduated, but most of the eager uh, maintainers and authors have all are moved to open telemetry. So even, uh, the agar was a complete end-to-end uh, solution for your uh, tracing needs basically uh, it offers you an agar ui to visualize the traces and it gives you uh, agar client libraries uh, basically to uh, instrument your applications and then you have storage like agar has a back-end storage support for cassandra Elasticsearch in-house and uh, bold db shipper so there are some <laughs> a bunch of services which uh, Uh, Ager supports in-house, but as open telemetry is the new standard and people are moving towards it. So uh, uh, the recommended uh, tracing solution today in uh, CNCF space is obviously the open telemetry. So even for uh, Ager client libraries, if I remember correctly, even those are uh, already uh, uh, published that they those are an end-of-life phase.
2: Anyone looking to like adopt open telemetry need are, are these metrics logs and traces need to focus on open telemetry as that's the the project for the future.
3: Yep, yep, that's the project for future. So uh, there are multiple multiple ways of looking at it. So if you are uh, getting started with traces, then open telemetry is the one. And basically, open telemetry uh, this is the one side of the open telemetry. So traces being its main uh, uh, focus and the way uh, the place uh, that's the Core differentiator from other projects, but if you think the future of Open Telemetry, Open Telemetry is trying to unify complete observability. Like, let's say they have uh, announced metrics GA, uh, if I remember correctly, and they're also working on supporting logging within the Open Telemetry. So, Open Telemetry will be something like one client, one instrumentation for all observability data. So, you don't need to get into logging some logger uh, instrumentation to get the logs, and you need. Uh, uh, log shippers uh, like Grafana Agent or Bit to ship this logs from your applications and then uh, store them in Elasticsearch or some other uh, proprietary solution. So instead of that, what OpenTelemetry is trying to achieve is that you just use OpenTelemetry client libraries capture metrics, logs, and traces. And then ship it to Open Telemetry Collector, which is basically a observability processing pipeline. You can think so you can process uh, metrics, logs, and traces. And in Open Telemetry Collector, you can configure an exporter where this data needs to be sent. So if you are interested into sending a proprietary solution, you can just configure their backend. Or if you mm-hmm. want to send it to Promscale, the open source uh, uh, observability backend, so you can just. Uh, uh, forward the traces and metrics to the open telemet- uh, the PromScale and PromScale just stores them. So this is the overall uh, state and picture of how observability in CNCF is. Uh, but if you see the observability projects in the CNCF, uh, so Prometheus is for metrics and uh, OpenTelemetry is for traces, but it's evolving to unify all this uh, metrics, logs, and traces in one project. And we have FluentBit and FluentD this projects under CNCF, which are basically a log shippers for your logs. So these are uh, uh, mainly the major projects of observability. Yeah.
0: Got it. You you mentioned Promscale, and I think I'm I'm personally not familiar with Promscale. So what what is it? Uh, maybe you could help our uh, our listeners uh, know that too.
3: Yep, 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 yep. So uh, basically, Promscale. When I say Promscale, uh, it is an open source observability backend for your metrics and traces, powered by SQL. Uh, so uh so this is by definition what prom scale is uh but let me put it in uh, much more uh uh, like a brief description how it fits or how it serves your use cases so currently if you think about the uh, sources of how you capture this data so you are using okay you are using prometheus for metrics you are using some other uh, log shippers to ship this logs and you are using uh, open telemetry client libraries or eager client libraries to ship this uh, traces so the sources are uh, very much uh, uh, different projects basically different standards and again, if you want to store them, uh, the traditional way of storing this data has been, okay, you want to store logs, go to Elasticsearch. You want to store traces, uh, metrics, you want uh, go to prometheus or cortex or thanos and then you want to trace tra- uh, you want to store traces then pick eager or pick some proprietary solution so basically if you want to get 360 degrees of observability from your applications which means you should be uh, running uh, basically three different platforms for your logs metrics and traces just imagine like if you are running all this kind of services uh, in your uh, a production cluster or a dev cluster, you're basically managing more applications than actual business applications are. So your business applications are just 5 or 6, but uh, the observability-dependent applications, uh, which basically gives you an observability from your business applications, are 5x or 10x more than actual services you are running in the production, which are actually uh, money-generating for your company. So these are being more and consuming more compute on your, on your cluster.
2: No, it's not just about the resources and the deployment time, right? Just having a certain set of skill set, a certain amount of skill set to deploy these, manage these on an ongoing basis. That's also difficult. Again, this is just listening to it for the first time. So how do we solve that?
3: Yep. Yeah. So that's where uh, we have come up with a prompt scale. So what we want to say is that, Hey, uh, we are one-stop sto- one shop for all your observability storage needs and uh, to get all kind of analytics querying and everything. So uh, even see if you see the platforms for storage, there are uh, three different s- solutions, as I was saying. So you need to go through different solutions and you need to have a dedicated SRE team to manage. And, uh, and all these services more or less comes with a bunch of microservices. So it's not just one service you deploy and it keeps running. So you need to scale them accordingly as the scale increases for, uh, for your uh, uh, application. So if you're scaling your application, which means they'll be emitting more of observability data to accommodate or ingest that scale, you need to also scale your observability platforms. So so this is uh, definitely pain for you to manage and deploy accordingly. Mm-hmm. With PromScale, what we basically do is that, hey, you just deploy PromScale. So when I say PromScale, it's nothing but a PromScale connector. Uh, it's a stateless service and the TimescaleDB, DB, the database itself. So you say your OpenTelemetry Collector or your Prometheus just uh, write the data to the PromScale and and PromScale just basically processes this data into TimescaleDB. It basically writes all the data uh, sent from different sources into TimescaleDB uh, using SQL as the TimescaleDB itself is the relational database. So just imagine uh, if you could store all your observability data in one single uh, database So you can correlate between this data whereas with other solutions or how the industry practices are today you're storing in three different object stores and how do you correlate between these three you are again stitching all this on the query layer saying that hey at this timestamp get a trace at this timestamp get a metric and at this timestamp get me a log and then you're correlating on the query layer but all this data is actually not stored in the same database so if you could process, store, query, all in a single pane of glass, a single storage, how easy it would be. Like You can think that you're basically optimizing uh, your observability platform by 3x. If not, you need to be running three different systems. And again, mm-hmm. there are five plus microservices in each platform. Here, you're basically running just a stateless service and a database itself. So that easy it is. And and the other interesting part, if you see, so if you want to query metrics, you need to learn PromQL. If you want to mm-hmm. query uh, traces, basically you need to uh, uh, learn or uh, uh, basically there is no tracing uh, query language yet uh, in the open source. So basically people use a UI based of querying it or query based on trace ID or some timestamps or some metadata. And if you want to query logs, so each uh, so open source solution has its own query language for querying logs. So each uh, platform is following, uh, doing it. And as an engineer or a developer, there's a hard learning curve for you to uh, uh, first instrument your applications and then store them. And to even get insights or to debug your services, again, you need to learn the query language. So it's, it's definitely a hard learning curve and uh, the value proposition after deploying and setting all these things are very low because it involves so much of learning curve and you need to be really an expert in each and every solution basically to understand what's happening deep inside this data which you have captured. But with scale, we are giving you the superpowers of SQL. So just use SQL and we will just mm-hmm. abstract out all the optimized schema for you. So all you have to do is just query this data from tables.
2: Okay, so uh, next question, I think um, uh, in the beginning or in the intro, you said you are contributors to two projects, right? One is from scale, another, another one is TOBS. Uh, let's talk about TOBS. What is it and how can it help me with observability?
3: Yep. So uh, the initial days when we were thinking on the observability side of the house and building a product uh, in timescale uh, for the observability use cases. So we were just trying to uh, get started with the observability uh, set up in the Kubernetes cluster, basically. So, uh, uh, as I was coming from the cloud native and Kubernetes background, I wanted to try things out. So, how does mm-hmm. things work? How do I uh, put them all together? So, uh, like as I told, there's are three different platforms. So, uh, what I have to do is okay, find a Helm chart or find a Kubernetes manifest to deploy Prometheus, and then find a and go to a project of. Uh, Open telemetry, deploy it, go to a project of Grafana to visualize it, deploy it. So you need to uh, uh, crawl or jump across five to six different projects to set the observability into your cluster just to evaluate does it work, does it fit your use case, or do you really want to do it? So there is no easy getting started way for observability. So, yeah. So what we have decided is that how about having a one stop shop? Uh, for getting started with observability in your Kubernetes cluster. So that's when we have started this uh, project called Tops, the observability suite for your Kubernetes cluster. So what it basically does is that uh, it basically stitches or packages all the observability Helm charts into one, and we uh, we give you the super Helm chart, which is Tob's Helm chart. Uh, you can just uh, uh, deploy Tob's Helm chart. It, it deploys the Kube Prometheus project for you. So you can think uh, in the Kubernetes world, I think many are, uh, are aware of Kube Prometheus. So Kube Prometheus is basically the monitoring stack for your Kubernetes. So mm-hmm. basically, if you deploy Kube Prometheus, it's, it serves the monitoring needs. But you want to also serve the tracing and logging requirements as well so what we have done is in tops we have added Cube prometheus as a dependency so if you just deploy tops the Cube prometheus is out of the box deployed for you and when we see what Cube prometheus in, uh, includes so the kube prometheus the name itself says it includes the prometheus and the alert manager to fire the alerts and the grafana uh, the grafana dashboard for visualizing all the monitoring data, and it 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 also deploys kube state metrics uh, basically to export the metrics from your Kubernetes cluster and node exporter to export the metrics from your nodes, and a Prometheus operator to manage the lifecycle of alert manager and Prometheus. So if you just deploy kube Prometheus, uh, you get all these components out of the box for you. And there is mm-hmm. also Kubernetes Mixins which will. Uh, build dashboards for uh, pre-built dashboards for you so you just deploy kube prometheus and you can see how is your api server performing how is your etcd performing and how is uh uh, what's the health of your deployments basically okay if you have deployed 100 deployments with five replicas uh, how are these deployments uh, uh performing overall with desired state versus current state so you can get all this kind of insights out of the box with Kube Prometheus, This Kubernetes. It's the magic of Kubernetes Mixins. So it pre-bakes the dashboards for you. Mm-hmm. So this is one component, basically the monitoring and tops with Kube Prometheus, and we use Open Telemetry Operator. So what Open Telemetry Operator basically does is, uh, it's uh, the operator basically manages the lifecycle of the Open Telemetry Collector. So we deploy an Open Telemetry Collector. Now, uh, once you have your applications instrumented with tracing, you can just configure the environment variable to uh, forward the traces which your applications emit to this open telemetry collector and the open telemetry collector will process the traces that comes and the third part which uh, TOBS is opinionated is that uh, we want to make the getting started of observability easier and at the same mm-hmm. time we also want to achieve it with as minimal components as possible and uh, Make easier for the storage also. So in Tops mm-hmm. we package also the Promscale as in Helm chart. So what happens is we also add Promscale uh, uh, within Tops. So once you deploy uh, uh, Tops, it deploys Cube Prometheus for you, it deploys OpenTelemetry for you, and it deploys Promscale for you. So once the Prometheus starts capturing the metrics, it forwards them to the Promscale, and once the OpenTelemetry receives the traces, it forwards to uh, to the Promscale. So all the de- So you just think about Tops. You just install in one command. And then this data is, uh, and all this observability components are deployed out of the box for you without any networking or data or storage configurations, all the PVCs, everything is just created out of the box for you in the cluster. And then uh, this data is also stored to PromScale, uh, and the PromScale will be up and running in your same cluster. So this is all pre-built for you, so you don't need to make anything. So with Helmchat you can do this. And we also offered a top CLI. So... With Helm chart, so today uh, there is a slight bias and uh, some opinions that Helm doesn't do mm-hmm. well or it is a bit opinionated. So, what we wanted to do is we wanted to abstract out this Helm layer from the users who do not like or who uh, uh, do not want to learn a new tool uh, for deployment. So, what we have done is we are publishing a TOPS CLI. So, you basically download this binary and run TOPS install. All the stack gets installed for you. And then you do tops. Grafana port forward. The Grafana pod will be port forward locally for you in your local host. You want to get the password of Grafana instance to log in. So ideally what you should do is you need to find the Grafana pod, check which secret mm-hmm. it's mounted to and get into that secret and base 60 and base 60. You need to decode that base 64 encoded string to get the password mm-hmm. and then you log in. So you need to basically jump between Kubernetes resources to get this kind of uh, uh, password and all this operation. So what Tobbs CLA does is you you basically run TOBS Grafana Get Password it just mm-hmm. outputs the grafana password from you from the resource so you basically use that password and log in into grafana and if you want to change the password for grafana ideally uh, i think it's a bit tricky i think i'd not know any uh, maybe if you ask me right away to change the grafana password i need to get into grafana docs to do it but with tops mm-hmm. basically you do Grafana tops grafana change password and you give the new password so TOBS basically changes the password for you. So it's that easy. And if you want to do volume expansions for your Prometheus or timescale DB, you do uh, TOBS volume expand for timescale. And it, it, it just does that for you and upgrades and install and all this kind of action. So, It's really cool. And uh, it's still in the initial phase of uh, how the observability needs to be conceived and uh, how it needs to be evaluated and getting started if you are new to observability. Uh, So it's in that phase. And we are also uh, thinking the future of TOPS at this point. We are rethinking uh, to re-architect the project with new standards because... Uh, Basically, the platforms, once they get evolved, they get stabilized, but deployment mechanisms get changed over a period. So before we were using Ansible and then Terraform, and then we have so many mechanisms and approaches to deploy uh, uh, services onto the infrastructure, right? So it has been uh, changing since years, and each organization, each company has its own way of deploying. So they follow their own uh, tech stack. Uh, to take these artifacts into the infrastructure and get them running. So things keep changing. So this deployments, uh, is I feel, in my personal opinion, uh, the deployment mechanisms also keeps evolving. And we are just thinking, uh, what should we be doing for TOPS? And we are open for the feedback. Yeah. Uh, I'll say for all the audience, they should definitely try out PromScale and tops and share the feedback with us.
1: for the ones who get it done.
2: No, I'm definitely convinced on TOBS. Like uh, if it's it's like the one tool that helps me get started with observability uh, and has all the different components that are needed, that's the place to go, right? And then obviously if you want to customize and and if you have become an expert, you can dive into each of these topics or each of the different components that are deployed as part of TOBS you mentioned. But to get started, TOBS might be the place to go.
0: Yeah, it would definitely be the place that I would look to go. Uh, being that a lot of this is is generally new to me. I mean, I've worked with <laughs> you know Prometheus in the past and Metrics, but traceability, traces, those kind of things, definitely new. And I'd probably go look at Tobs, and I'm going to link it in the show links here too after, so people um, who are also interested are going to go check it out. Um, and now I you know I have to ask because uh, you said that Tobs the CLI sets up everything for you, all the Helm charts done for you. Can folks choose what storage is put behind? Prompt scale or Timescale DB, since this is sort of a uh, you know data focused podcast.
3: Yep, yep, yep. So I think we are, uh, like if I'm right, we use GP2 or something. So I'm not exactly Got sure. Okay. But yeah.
0: <laughs> I, think that, I think that answers my question. Well, I, I think this is a, probably a good place to wrap it up because I know what I'm going to do after this show is go check out Tabs uh, because I am, am still needing to learn a lot here. I've learned <laughs> a lot through this show for sure, Vanith. And I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling all of our listeners about this and, and Bhavan and I as well. So uh, like I said, we will... Uh, link uh, TOBS and we will link PromScale and some of the other things we talked about today. But where can listeners find more about you or the projects you discussed today? Any of those uh, tidbits would be really helpful
3: yep yep so i would suggest uh, the easy way to get started uh, with prom scale is that uh, you just search for timescale docs and you can see the Promscale scale section there and we do have a dedicated uh, product page for Promscale. scale so whatever i'm talking today in this podcast or anything around Promscale scale is completely open source we do not have uh, yet uh, the product itself uh, like when i say product the hosted or the offering so it's all open source so it's uh if i were you i would definitely jump in and try the new uh, uh the new features which we are building and what's what's in store from the time scale in the observability space uh, so the timescale uh, the prompt scale docs is definitely a great point to start and we do have uh, uh, the prompt scale in github uh, the repository as it's open source so you can see all the docs and content there. And uh, the other good place to subscribe or uh, just uh, look for is the timescale blog. So there is an observability uh, section for all the blog posts, which uh, the observability team uh, publishes. So we have some amazing blog posts, how to uh, 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 use timescale cloud as your observability storage. So how you can Mm -hmm. power PromScale with timescale cloud. And all this. So for TOPS, you can uh, get started with Promscale docs, and we have a TOPS dedicated section there. So all this is in the Timescale docs website and Promscale section. And even TOPS is open source, so you can find the repo in the GitHub. So feel free to reach out to us and Timescale Slack to share your feedback on Promscale and TOPS. And if you nice. want to get involved, so it's an open source, so just create an issue or uh, just reach out to us again in the TimescaleDB community Slack hash Promscale Slack channel. Yeah,
2: perfect. Thanks, Vinith. Like we'll definitely include all of these links in the show notes, and uh, for people uh, who want to get started.
0: With that, Vinit, thanks for coming on the show, and we'll probably try to have you back on to dig into one of these other topics that could probably be its own podcast. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> and uh, until next time, thanks for joining the show. Well, okay, I don't know about you, Bobin, but I learned a lot today. Um, Vineeth is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, metrics, logs, and traces. And honestly, I've worked with Prometheus in the past. I've worked with Prometheus on our software, Mm -hmm. uh, what we work on day-to-day, but there's so much more to learn, and I just you know, got introduced to a lot of things I need to start uh, playing with, especially that TOBs observability stacked. And I think, you know, the takeaways that I got away from this conversation with Beneath was, you know, the learning curve can be high. I think that's probably right in my wheelhouse. It'd be a little high for me to learn all this stuff. So tackling something like TOBs um, as a first go around is probably the Mm -hmm. way I'll go about it. Um, And speaking of which, the second thing I got out of this was, you know, having a common tool set or a common Framework, like having a you know single querying language for you know managing your traces and your metrics and all those things to it can really help with efficiencies rather than trying to learn you know the fourteen different tools that you might mm-hmm. install in your Kubernetes cluster. So uh, what about you?
2: i know again i i completely echo your takeaways like those are really important but the one thing that i wanted to highlight was observability what it is because i've like i've been to aws re:invents and kubecons not just last year but then for further past years as well and there's always vendors who are using these buzzwords and i have had a hard time to figuring out like what they actually mean so uh, just getting uh, a 100 level uh, idea of observability and how it breaks down into logs metrics traces what are the different projects that can help you with that and then again if you are an expert in this feed you already know what those are but if you want to get started you have something like tops that you can use uh, as an opinionated installation to set up the observability stack but yeah that's that's it for me
0: Great. Well, that brings it. Great. Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. And if you want to catch our other episodes, we are on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Check us out there. Review. Send us a message. Let us know what you do or don't like. Um, and I think next week we'll be talking about operators and how they interact with storage, which is always a good time. Um, and with that, I'm Ryan. I'm Bobbin. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Kubernetes Bytes Podcast.